Hello there. This is Chloe Taylor Brown, and we are in for a wonderful treat for Conversations with Chloe. And we're going to be connecting with an extraordinary woman by the name of Sarah Itras. And she is indeed Fearless Sarah of London, England. We're going to get ready to rock and roll because I'm very excited about this conversation. It is a recorded conversation. We're on the phone together. And I was truly, truly breathless by the time this conversation was over. Uh, Sarah is really an extraordinary human being, a voluntary fundraiser and philanthropist who inspires women to be fearless. She has really, really done some extraordinary things, and I can't wait to share this conversation with you that I had with Sarah. This was uh, about a week or so ago. Um, but just let me tell you about some new things that we're doing uh, with this radio show. As I said before, it's Conversations with Chloe, and I'm going to be having wonderful conversations with men and women who are really interesting people and who have something really extraordinary, inspiring, inspiring to share with other people to inspire us and especially uh, for women and girls. So as I am saying again, Conversations with Chloe, inspiring relevant lifestyle radio and entertainment for authentic, ambitious, self-determined women who want to make the most of themselves and life, period. So I want you to just sit back and really enjoy this conversation with Sarah Idris. As I said before, she's in London, England, and they don't call her Fearless Sarah for a reason. You can find her on Twitter with the hashtag Fearless Sarah, and that is Sarah. That's F-A-R-A-H Idris, I-D-R-I-S. So that's at Sarah Idris on Twitter. But as I said before, Sarah is an extraordinary human being. She's a fundraiser a philanthropist who inspires other women to be fearless. And Farrah herself knows a few things about that because she was afraid of things before, specifically height. And you'll hear her story. She says that she was even afraid to climb a ladder. And now she has not only climbed ladders, she has climbed Mount Everest, Mount Kilimanjaro. She has competed in a 200-mile trek to the North Pole in minus 55-degree weather. She has run various marathons, including the London Marathon, and she survived Hell Runner. She has gone wing walking. You know what that is? Have you ever heard of that? I'd never heard of that before. But anyway, wing walking is when you're strapped outside on the top of a plane, and you're looped high in the sky. Barry has also volunteered her help as part of the Tsunami A-18 in India and Sri Lanka in 2004. And she's teaching English in uh, developing countries and for underprivileged children and adults each year. And she has also competed in the toughest foot race on earth, 
ladies and gentlemen, and it's also known as Marathon Disables. She did that a couple of months ago, and this, wow, it's amazing. It entailed running six, not one, but six 26-mile marathons in five days, and guess where this was? The Sahara Desert, in temperatures that were above 130 degrees Fahrenheit. And while she was doing that, she was carrying her own supplies on her back. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And also, um, did I tell you that Farah has raised almost, um, well, way over, well, close to a half million dollars on her own by doing these amazing things that she's doing? Well, as I said, when I, that conversation with Farah nearly took my breath away, and I am so happy to bring this conversation up with you, the conversation that I shared with her, and here it is for you to take part in as well and listen. I am extremely excited and also very proud to be speaking with Ms. Farah Idris, a.k.a. Fearless Farah. It's such a pleasure that you have decided and you're choosing to spend this time with me to share your life. So thank you so very much, Farah, for being with me today. Oh, it's my honor. It's my privilege. I'm just really grateful this, for this opportunity and uh, a really big thank you, Chloe. Thanks so much. You are welcome. You are one extraordinary person, extraordinary woman, extraordinary human being. (laughs) And you do so many things. And you're not just saying to be other women. You're challenging yourself. And I really don't know where to start from climbing Mount Everest to climbing Mount Kilimanjaro to competing 200 miles trek to the North Pole and in the subs, I mean, minus 55-degree weather, temperature. What drives you, Farah? What drives me? Good question. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about uh, pushing yourself to the limit, beyond your limits, and to just do as much as you can. And whatever scares the hell out of you, I say you should do it. Um, getting out of your comfort zone. But in the process, um, you know, you just feel so empowered and stronger, and I really want to share that with everybody, you know, with the women particularly, because I think, um, well, I'm not a, a, I'm kind of a petite person myself, um, so I don't let my size or obviously my gender get in the way, and I think that's really important. Do the things that you're scared of, you know, the, the saying, do something that scares you every day. And, and really build that up as much as you can. Well, you know, I'm sitting here, and for some reason I just had a feeling in the pit of my stomach that felt like I was on a roller coaster. I felt some fear. <laughs> <laughs> it's but a great it was, feeling, isn't it? <laughs> I just started thinking about all the things that I'm afraid of that, that are holding me back. And here you are doing all these extraordinary things that would, just the thought of it made me feel like I was on a roller coaster. So where would I start? Where would a woman start who is afraid to even go to a networking event? It's 
all about just really believing in yourself and, you know, having that passion inside you and that determination and just keep telling yourself, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm really going to enjoy it and I'm going to embrace it. And the more you do it, the stronger you'll feel and it's like everybody will be able to see that on your face and you'll just, it's an incredible feeling and you'll, and it's really empowering as well. And I want to share that with everybody that start off, you know, take it a step at a time. And also, whatever your goal is, there's no need to think to yourself that that's so incredible, I can't do that. Anything is possible, anything is achievable. If you're strong and passionate and determined, you can achieve anything. There's no way that I would have ever considered climbing Mount Everest or running an ultra marathon in the Sahara Desert. Uh, I'm not a mountaineer. I'm not an athlete. I have a full-time job. I'm a personal assistant. But I really believe that you can achieve anything you want to. I mean, this is really fascinating. My mouth is wide open, and I've never experienced this in an interview. And I'm not sure if it's that excitement of just wanting to hang out with you and see how you do these things or you know how sometimes you're excited about something you have that fear that's kind of a mixture i want to know when was the first time you felt that way and what was it that you were doing i had a massive fear of heights and it, it was a ridiculous fear i couldn't even go to this uh, the top of the ladder to like to clear out my drain from my house um, and uh, I remember when I was seven years old, I read a book by Hans Mayer. He was um, the first geologist to conquer Mount Kilimanjaro in 1889. And um, I remember saying to my mum that, that one day I said I wanted to be the first female <laughs> to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and that one day I was going to climb it. That was always in my mind and something that I always wanted to do. And my fear of heights was becoming debilitating and it stopped me from doing a lot of things. So one day I decided <laughs> enough is enough. I'm going to go and climb Mount Kilimanjaro and I'm going to overcome my fear. And I was so determined that that's exactly what I was going to do. Nothing was going to stop me and that's exactly what I did. I love it. I, and I love how you put emphasis on that's exactly what I did. You know, more women should set their intentions now. I don't think that I'm going to, and I'm not afraid of heights, but I don't think I will set my intention to climb Mount Kilimanjaro or Mount Everest. However, I can set my sight on climbing my little and famous stone mountain that uh, the rock that's in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, and do that. That's what it's all about, Chloe. It, my mountain can be your, whatever your mountain is. It really doesn't matter what your goal, like, it's what your goal is. And so that's what you should do. And then every day, do some, like every week, set yourself another challenge. And, and it's so empowering. And then the feeling you get from that, you'll want to share it with your, your, with your girlfriends. So once, once you, you start, it's contagious. <laughs> so you went from the desert, you went from the mountain, it must have been snow-capped, and then you went to the desert, the North Pole. What was most exhilarating? The views are breathtaking. Um, where, wherever I've basically, and I think I'm so fortunate and blessed 
that I had the opportunity, for instance, in the North Pole, the most stunning vistas, glistening white ice, snow, sparkling, just breathtaking. And also when I was on Mount Everest, the stars, the stars were like the size of, they were huge and just so bright and sparkly and you felt like you could, you, I was so close I felt like I could touch them and that was the most extraordinary feeling and it felt so special and I just thought, wow, I wish everybody could experience this because it just fills your heart with, with love for the world and nature, mother nature and the environment around us and it's so precious and we really need to take care of the beautiful world that we live in and nature you know just these just amazing sights i feel wow you know when you see it well, in pictures it doesn't always do it justice just the whole feeling of being there and seeing it for yourself and it takes your breath away you said that you're a petite i know that from um seeing your photographs you're a very beautiful woman <laughs> and you say that you're petite and you, you didn't grow up being an athlete. <laughs> Not by any means, actually. <laughs> Did you have to do a lot of physical training to get in shape to climb your first mountain? What kind of thinking do you do before the event? What kind of preparation? Sure. So my biggest fear was the heights, actually. And so also the climatization, um, that sort of concerned me because I have, um, I have an ongoing problem with my ears. I've had my eardrum um, reconstructed, so I have a, an issue with balance, and that that wasn't that didn't really help either. So I was quite concerned. But uh, as far as training is concerned, I did a lot of uh, cardiovascular work at the gym and some yoga to really strengthen my core. And for me, it was about building my my stamina because I was carrying my backpack as well. So. I knew that I had to have a, like, my back needed to be strong as well, so I would go running up the stairs with a heavy backpack filled with cans of soup. Um, yeah, any, any, any form of um, running and ex, uh, CV work I, I did mainly. I, I didn't do too much climbing. Um, did you have to lift weights? Yeah, I did some weights. Yeah, I did. Yeah, not much, but I did a lot more weight training for when I did uh, Marathon de Sable uh, last month. Well, one of the things that I love about what you're doing is that you have taken something that you were scared half to death, and that was height. You determined in your own mind that you were going to conquer your fear of height. And not only were you going to conquer your fear of height, you were going to do it in the most extraordinary way by climbing mountains like Mount Kilimanjaro to Mount Everest, of all things. And you set your intentions, and you did it, just as you said. And what is even more fascinating, if you could get even more, become more fascinated by a woman who's doing all these things, is that you figured out a way to turn your passions into ways to give back to charity. Please talk about that and tell me and tell us how you came up with that and, and how do you do it. Okay, so charity is vitally important to me, and there's a saying by Bob Marley, actually, if I, if I can read it out, live for yourself, and you will live in vain. Live for others, 
and, and you will live again. And I truly believe in that. I think um, what's important to me is living for others and not living a, a selfish life. I'm really passionate about helping others. I've had a very blessed life. I do amazing things, and I feel that it's my responsibility to support others and help others and give back. I teach English. I volunteer in my time, and I go and teach English in uh, third world countries, which is the most rewarding, heartwarming experience, teaching young children, and, and that's so special, and fundraising as much as I can. When I, uh, so my very first challenge was uh, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, and I set myself a fundraising target of £5,000. However, um, thanks to everybody's kindness and generosity, I actually raised £14,000 at the end of it. Um, I was just blown away, and I thought, this is amazing, and I fundraised for a charity called Hope for Children, a small UK-based charity that helped children in developing countries. So once I found out that, oh my goodness, I can raise 14,000, that's also where I decided, well, I've got to continue. Um, I, I enjoyed it so much, and it was great knowing that I was benefiting children around the world. And uh, so it, it's really continued from there. And to date, I've raised 170,000 pounds various charities and you know that's amazing and I've been fortunate enough to go to some of the countries for instance I've been to India, Sri Lanka and Pakistan to see how the funds that we've raised how they've benefited these orphans and schools um, with built schools as well and that, that's astonishing. Yes <laughs> you know how you can have a conversation you can meet a person and they tell you the, their story, and you're so fascinated, and that's it. But here you have story after story after story. Um, empowering women is crucially important to me as much as fundraising. I also worked in the Middle East. I worked in Saudi Arabia for three years. It was a really special experience. I also learned so much about the culture, and I feel there's so much I'd love to be able to do and support the women, um, particularly in the Middle East. But my message is anything is achievable and get out of your comfort zone. Do anything that scares you. The, the things that I've done, running six marathons in five days in the Sahara Desert whilst carrying all my equipment for the week, which included my food, my sleeping bag, my supplies, my clothing, uh, in temperatures exceeding 60 degrees. That petrified me. <laughs> but I thought, I'm going to do it. So just go for it, really. And wing walking, talk about that. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it yeah, better. So I've gone from one extreme to the other. So I was so scared of heights. And now I feel I can do anything. So wing walking is when you're strapped to the outside of a small biplane. Uh, you're strapped to the top of the plane outside, <laughs> outside of the aircraft, and uh, and looped in the sky. <laughs> it's amazing. It seems like you would take yeah. your breath away. Yeah, it takes your breath away, and you just feel so free, and it's so liberating. And then you think, gosh, actually, I I feel like I can conquer anything now. <laughs> and really, that's where I um, that's where I got my name, 
my hashtag name Fearless Sarah. <laughs> Family and my friends are always concerned, but I think they've kind of got used to me and my crazy challenges, um, and they know how passionate and how important it is to me to fundraise. And also, that's how it began. I knew I had to do uh, so from. Uh, from as a teenager, I always used to fundraise. I always used to volunteer my time and work with charities. And then I decided it was time that I needed to support them financially. And I, need, I knew I needed to do extreme things in order to raise extreme amounts. If you could tell me what 170,000 Great Britain pounds equate to in dollars. Um, probably around $300,000. And you have single-handedly raise this with the activities that you have yeah, through my challenges wow. and all thanks to the generosity of my family friends and colleagues yeah this my biggest supporters and i'm really lucky that they they're always supporting me and I'm, I'm really blessed that they believe in me what was that experience like when you were in the sahara desert oh that was probably my most difficult challenge it was really, really harsh, um, such a, a harsh environment, run, running through constant sandstorms as well. Um, it's not just a matter of running through flat sand, desert band, but you're actually climbing mountains. On day two, you climb two really big mountains that are higher than Snowdon. It's just such an extreme, unhospitable environment. If you will allow me to gather myself and regain my composure after <laughs> pretty much for about um, almost 25 minutes of having my mouth open and being in awe, I'm going to come <laughs> down to earth a little bit. What is your greatest hope for women and girls around the world? To be your best self, to achieve as much as you can, and to really believe in yourself and not to let anything get in your way. And if it does, just enjoy it, embrace it, and it's all part of the journey and it's all part of the ride. Anything is achievable as long as you're so determined and passionate. I've found that any challenge that I've undertaken, 80% of the challenge for me is mental preparation and the other 20% is the physical training aspect. So believe in yourself and know that you can do it and hopefully get the support from your family and your friends around you as well. When you say mental preparation, are you doing any type of visualization or...? Yes. Yes, I always imagine that I am either I'm reaching the summit or I'm running across the finish line. All I visualize is that I've reached the summit and how exhilarated, happy, overjoyed I'm going to feel. And I try and keep that feeling with me throughout the run or the climb or the trek. And it's something that you will always have within you, that experience, those views, that memory. Exactly. You know, when you're doing extraordinary things, it usually takes a team to help you to accomplish them. And you've done beyond extraordinary. I don't even know the word for what you're doing and what you've done. <laughs> Who supports you? Who do you talk to? Because when you're working on things, you need to have like-minded, like-spirited people to encourage you to have those conversations back and forth. Who do you speak with and have camaraderie with and build rapport with? Um, <laughs> Actually, I, there, really, there hasn't really been anybody. Um, I've, 
I kind of just decided that that's what I was going to do um, when I decided to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. My all my family and my friends knew how petri terrified I am of heights, but I just told myself that uh, I was going to do it and. Um, uh, having a team would be amazing around me, but I get a lot of support and love from my family and friends. But as far as um, a coach or a mentor, I don't really have anybody like that. I think they always think I'm a bit crazy. <laughs> um, so, but to be able to have someone like that, that would be amazing, you know, because I, I think, what would I like to do next? What can I do next? Um, I'm, I'm not sure what's next, and I'm being asked that question a lot, so... Uh, so you're saying to me, Farah, that when you determine and make up in your mind that you're going to do something such as climb one of the highest mountains in the world, that you don't have a team of people that you are working with to build you up, to coach you, to keep you going? No, but I read books, and I find books are really inspiring, and uh, that's what really helps me, and I'll watch some YouTube videos as well. Well, you know what? I have to say that with this conversation, I should never, ever complain again that no one is helping me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if, if that's a decision you make, I, I feel that whenever I decide to do a challenge, that it's it's my choice, and... It's something that I've decided to do, so I don't rely on anybody for anything, and I just make sure that I'm very sort of self-sufficient, and I just I just need their love and support, and that's and that's what I get lots of that, so that's great. <laughs> okay, I'm so fascinated that I'm, I want to dig deeper. So when you made a challenge for yourself to do all these things, when you connect with these other people. You have not trained with them. You're just going, and these other people have made the same decision that they're going to go and run this marathon through Sahara Desert or they're going to go climb this mountain. You are meeting these people at the bottom of the mountain or the beginning of the race. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And they're usually like really massive, great, big, strong guys. <laughs> they're always like these really strong athletes or ex-army guys or uh, military, and they uh, take one look at me and think, oh, I think she's in the wrong place. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that, that's true, and there's always lots of groups um, that I meet that do these events, and I think doing it in a group is something that I would suggest and recommend, because when you get to those moments where you feel, oh my gosh, I can't take another step, or I'm so exhausted, um, being in a team environment really helps your motivation so that's a good idea. And uh, what do I do? I just have that little voice that just keeps telling me that keep going, keep going. Um, but but to have to be able to share it with somebody that that would be really amazing. Yeah. What do you do when you're not climbing a mountain or running a marathon or wing walking? <laughs> or my full time. Um, so I'm I've got a fantastic boss and I work with a great team. I work in aviation, private aviation, and that's my full-time job. We have um, 20,000 staff, so it's um, it's a, a great big organization, and I'm the personal assistant to the chairman of the company. So, it's yeah, it's a, a pretty demanding job as well, and, and one that I love. You know, I think I want to come visit you in London to see you 
personally because I don't think that this phone call and this is going to satisfy the listeners or me. I want to see you in real life. Do you have any intentions to take on any challenges in America? Oh, if you can find one for me, I'd, I'd absolutely love to. Uh, yeah, I'm always open to suggestions, and if there's something in the U.S. that I could do, oh, I'd be there. We need to do a documentary on you. I know someone's <laughs> planning one for you. Maybe you don't know about it, uh, this extraordinary woman. and I'm really not extraordinary. I'm, I'm a really not <laughs> really just a, a normal like a normal woman from a small town called Hounslow in West London, and I just try and do whatever I can for charity because that's always been my driver. My driver's about helping others and fundraising. And so through this fundraising, I've been able to do these extreme challenges. It, it wasn't something that I had planned, or it's really just evolved from the fundraising what is your next challenge coming up? Um, so I'm, I don't have one planned. I need to get some suggestions of what I could do. <laughs> is there anything bigger than what you've already done? Maybe taking the challenge of going to Mars or something. Oh, I think that would be my, my uh, dream job to be an astronaut, actually. <laughs> so I thought about going on Richard Branson's Galactic. <laughs> that would be a dream, yeah. Um, so whilst I've been doing this, I've also become ambassadors for the charities that I've fundraised for, which is such a huge honor and privilege. What are some of the charities that you're working with and ambassadors or on the board with? Um, Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children. They're an exceptional charity. They provide leading-edge treatment for um, children with life-threatening diseases. I work closely with Hope for Children, who, as I mentioned earlier, they support children and young females in developing countries. I work with Breakthrough Breast Cancer. Um, maybe I should mention that I also had cancer, and I underwent treatment for a couple of years, and uh, that was whilst I was climbing the mountains as well. <laughs> oh, my. Um, um, and I also uh, work very closely with Born Free Wildlife Foundation. I love animals. And Born Free, um, you say that's a wildlife foundation? They work with endangered species and wildlife, particularly in Africa. So I've also become a rainmaker, which is a really special and unique. What's special about that charity is they invite you, and as opposed to you um, wanting to join the charity. So... It was an extra, you know. <laughs> and the patron of the Rainmaker Foundation is Sir Desmond Tutu, Archbishop Sir Desmond Tutu. Who in their right mind wouldn't invite you? As a matter of fact, I want to invite you. I mean, who wouldn't want to invite you to be part of their charity organization or their think tank or their inspirational tank or their get up and you can do it, girl, kind of a symposium. Sarah Idris, it yeah. is amazing to me that I have this opportunity to speak with you, but even more fascinating to hear the things that you've done and your view on life and charity and giving back and how intentional and determined you are 
this is such an inspiration, not only for women and girls around the world, but for the world and all of us who are in it. You are one inspirational woman. And so when you're speaking to women's groups, what is when you're sharing this, what do you see on their faces when they're looking back at you? Uh, well, actually, it's um, really odd because I only just started doing my talks in January this year. And when my friends had suggested that I'd con to consider doing this, I just thought, nobody's going to be interested in what I've got to say or what I'm doing. Really, it's just it's what I do. And I didn't think it was any re real big deal, to be honest. Uh, I just thought I, I love fundraising, and as a result of my fundraising, I've been able to do these amazing challenges. I really didn't think it was such a big deal, and it was only when I did my first talk and I had some of my slides with my pictures of Mount Everest and the North Pole pictures, and the gasp in, in the audience and the looks on their faces, I was amazed by their reaction. Oh my goodness, I was overwhelmed by the outpouring of love and support and just I, I just couldn't believe it actually and they all wanted to know how I did it and about my training and all about me really and how did I make the decision to do these things, what my driver is, what my motivation and if I offer training or motivational training and so really that's kind of where it started. And uh, so now I've got a, a Twitter following, uh, which is growing and gaining more interest on Facebook as well. So it's really exciting as well. And if I can help, uh, there were women that were crying in the audience and just hugging me. And <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I, I just thought it was amazing. And I thought, wow, if I can really help you in any way, that's you know, phenomenal and so special for me. That's extraordinary. Well, I want to say to you, Farah Idris, that you are helping women and girls around the world. You are indeed Fearless Farah, and it has been my privilege to have this conversation with you. I am in awe. I'm inspired. I'm encouraged. I'm motivated. And this is something that is personal to me, even though I didn't know that it was going to be, but I'm going to take this as my own personal challenge to go deeper within myself and myself because I am truly inspired by you and who you're being out of who you are. You're, you're living your life by your own design and you're making it happen and you're sharing it with the world and I appreciate everything that you're sharing with me today. And I know the women and girls and men and boys that will hear this will be inspired as well. Could you share with everyone how we can connect with you? Yes, certainly. So Chloe, can I just mention here, so this opportunity that I have the pleasure of speaking with you, that, that's just so amazing for me. And another example of, you know, the more you do, the more amazing things that happen out of the blue. I can't, I can't even describe or explain how some of these, the things that are happening in my life now and the opportunities that I'm getting with it. <laughs> I couldn't have imagined them, and this is another shining example of, you know, this privilege to speak with you this afternoon. So uh -huh. a really heart, warm, heartfelt thank you. My, my heart is full of love and gratitude. And likewise. And with that, 
you have been hearing from Sarah Idris, and she is in London, England, and I am Chloe Taylor-Brown. Until next time, goodbye for now. You know, that was just an amazing conversation with me, and I just really did re-listen to the entire um, conversation, and I'm just as inspired to have shared that time with Sarah Idris. And it really did take my breath away even again. And what has stood out for me with this conversation, she says, whatever scares the hell out of you, do that, do it. And I think that that is wonderful advice. If there's something that comes up for you over and over and it scares you, and even for me, I've got to try to do that. We do have some background noise. Um, there are some workers out there, and I can't get rid of them. But anyway, this has been an extraordinary conversation, and uh, again, it was with Sarah Idris, and it was just really, really, really a lot of fun and energizing. And I want to share with you again that Conversations with Chloe really is inspiring, relevant lifestyle radio, and somewhat entertaining as well for authentic, ambitious, self-determined women who want to make the most of themselves and life. And I'm also excited to say that we're going to be going into a studio starting in about a month and a half, and I'll keep you posted on that. And um, it's just an exciting time uh, because of so many things that are going on uh, right now uh, with what's happening to a lot of the women that I've been working with uh, who are expanding and growing in their careers and their businesses. And I am teaming up with other women businesses and also other women to just make a lot of things happen. And when we connect and work together, there's no telling what's going to happen. And so I will say to you again that um, give us a call and reach out to us. And this is Conversations with Chloe that was formerly breadwinning Moms with Chloe. Uh, I'm very, very excited about uh, just that work too. And you know what? Uh, seriously, the guys outside that are working are really, really <laughs> Uh, getting on my nerves, but as I said, uh, there's absolutely nothing that I can do about that. So until next time, I want to leave you with um, a little bit of Jill Scott because I love that song um, from Jill Scott because we want to take our freedom off the shelf and put it around on a chain and put it on our neck and wear it and go make things happen. Okay, have a wonderful week. And if you want to reach out to me, you can tweet me at Chloe T. Brown. Goodbye for now.